Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the nether world of cults, crims and con artists. We don't like these people in the shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joe Hill, and on today's program, we are looking at cooker scams. Oh, the problem is where to start, Joe, and damn it, where to end, because there is no end to the grift. No, there's no end. I completely agree. It is a huge task, Jack, and they've been at this for years now. But recently, they've been really taking the piss of these charity scams, and this alternative to Lifeline... We'll look at all that later on when we go down the rabbit hole later in the show. Yes, indeed. Uh, Meanwhile, we'll look at Craig Kelly and the UAP's cornerstone policy of a 3% cap on interest on housing loans. It's a Mm. top idea and Craig's worked it all out on the back of a coaster. Yes, he has. And we have another very distressing story of the rape of a young political intern in the United States. Yeah, it's terrible business. Yeah, it's shit. And we take the opportunity now to remind listeners that we are seeking your help to keep this show on the road. Yes, we have a Patreon set up where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all manner of extra content. Simply go to patreon.com backslash conditional release program and get behind us if you can. And just a reminder, folks, if you don't give us some money, we are going to shoot Johnny Depp's dog. (laughs) Just saying he's had a big week. We're going to make it bigger. But that's enough begging for now. It's time to get on with it. And in this case, it means the conditional release program's weekly news. Now, you're an economics guy, Joel. Adam Smith, the invisible hand, supply and demand and all that. Well, I actually did a degree in political economy, which is a big, long degree telling you why economists are full of shit. So I'm the worst person to ask when it comes to economics because I think it's all wrong. Just wrong. I can tell you why. Well, look, I don't know about the old economics, Joel, but there's a new economics, and I like to call it crackonomics. Oh, fuck yeah. After the man who invented it, Craig Crackers Kelly. Yes, the UAP leader, who is a font of common sense, has put some meat on the bones of the UAP's major policy platform, capping home loans at 3% for five years. For mere mortals without the enormous brain of crackers, it seemed a bridge too far, a policy that seemed too good to be true. But, according to crackers, it works like this. The Commonwealth would issue bonds, which it does as a matter of course, Mm -hmm. but issue them to investors at 0.1 to 0.2% and on lend that cheap cash to retail banks, which would then be able to keep mortgage rates at no more than 3%, regardless of monetary policy actioned by the RBA. It's an utterly perfect idea that should see Craig as the next Prime Minister of Australia, the next Pope and Lord of International Banking, except for a couple of things, one or two minor problems in his otherwise crackerjack policy. The first is, who on earth is going to invest in bonds with a five-year return of a fraction of 1% when the five-year bond rate is currently 2.92%? Set to go up, but that's what it is at the moment, 2.92%. That's a two followed by a dot and some other numbers thereafter. Uh, Crackers was not across these trivial details in an interview with News Corp. He apologised that his enormous brain was unable to vomit out the five-year bond yield, but said it had to be well below 3%. Mm. 3%. Mm. What did I say before? 2.92. In this situation, you've got someone who is asking for investors, investors is the key word here, to put money in at 0.1% to 0.2%, which is far below the rate of inflation. (laughs) 
But there's a fundamental yeah. misunderstanding yeah. of how bonds work. It is a safe harbor for money to grow very slowly yeah. with no risk. That's the whole point. Backed by the government. Surely it can't fail. This is an embarrassing proposition by someone who has no fucking idea what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, he didn't know what the bond yield was. So he went away, did some Googling, and then came back with a figure of 2.21%. But that wasn't quite right. It was, as I said before, 2.92%. That's mm. what the five-year bond yield is. In other words, banks would pay cash at 2.92% and lend it out at a cap figure of 3%. Hooray! Just... <laughs> the banks would be buying money at 2.92 and loaning it out at 3. Yeah. Now, without getting into the vagaries of international finance, retail banks acquire money from savings around the country or from overseas. Mm-hmm. They buy that cash at a certain rate and then offer finance to punters for their home loans with sufficient margin to make it worth their while. Otherwise, banks would collapse and people would loiter at teller's counters, refusing offers of office furniture in exchange for their hard-earned. We saw this in the Great Depression and everyone agrees it wasn't ideal. No. Now, that probably wouldn't happen nowadays. What would in fact happen is that the banks wouldn't lend at all. Or if they did, they would only lend to the wealthy because they were certain to make their payments and had significant assets to back up their losses if anything went horribly wrong. See, money finance would grind to a halt and the economy would shit itself under Cracker's policy job. Yes, that is an understatement, if anything. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're absolutely right. They're only going to loan to incredibly safe borrowers because they're the only ones that could justify such a short margin. Risk is everything when it comes to finance and the rates they charge. And that's why people on low dock, you know, self-employed people like me, pay out the ass on loans <laughs> because apparently we're not trustworthy despite the fact that normies with jobs could get fired tomorrow and lose fucking everything anyway that's my rant about being self-employed but realistically this idea like i mean you you said it quite well it sucks it just sucks (laughs) but don't just take our word for the catastrophic failure of this policy lead economist at impact economics and former advisor on economic policy to the government angela jackson said this would be in the long term, a really negative economic policy for Australia. That's so nicely put. <laughs> Dr. Jackson said the cap would lead to higher inflation, yeah. ooh, more financial instability, Definitely. lower economic growth, yeah. and a reduced standard of living. Okay. But in all other respects, it's a tremendous idea that Crackers came up with, and it should be, and is plastered all over our cities, towns and roadways on great big posters with big fat Clive giving it the thumbs up. Yeah. I mean, like, this is just one of those examples of it is amazing what you can promise when you're not even going to win any seats, not to mention government. I mean, like, (laughs) anything is possible when you lie. So just don't win seats and say weird stuff. The Greens do it, but to such a lesser extent. Yeah, well done, Crackers. Who'd have thought a failed furniture salesman would become the oracle on climate change, vaccines, and now banking and finance. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's all that ivermectin he's been taking, but the guy talks horse sense. Or is that <laughs> shit? We'd better get crackers to Google it. Mm-hmm. Just a content warning here, guys. This segment does contain references to sexual assault. And in other news, we're off to Idaho. Not your own private Idaho, Joel, but the real one, where a Republican state congressman was on Friday, 30th of April, found guilty of raping a then 19-year-old intern working in his office. Yeah, and this is not an isolated incident. I mean, young women as interns are being like either raped or sexually assaulted or just pigeonholed as being the broad of the office by these assholes in power who are just complete sociopaths on record misogynists, almost always fucking Republicans, as we'll say later, 
with the exception yeah. of Monica Lewinsky and Lewinsky, Bill Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. But I mean, that was a consensual thing. But even then, how can you possibly have consensual sex with an intern when you're the president of the United States of fucking America? The power imbalance there is just yeah. intoxicating. Fair, fair, fair difference in there. But interns, of course, are unpaid. You know, they're not even yeah. getting a salary to be to be sexually harassed and worse at work. Yeah. And this is an awful story made worse by the fact the congressman, 39-year-old Aaron von Ellinger, was a known lech, a sex pest of the lowest order, and his unknown victim's trauma and pain was entirely preventable. Mm-hmm. Worse still, von Ellinger's uh, Republican associates have added to her pain by doxing her Jesus. and posting her identity and photograph on social media oh and in letters to constituents. Fuck's sake. And the facts of the case have been established. Uh, Von Ellinger raped the 19-year-old, digitally penetrating her and forcing the young woman to perform oral sex on him. He has been taken into custody and is awaiting sentencing. Von Ellinger was a known sex pest who had been appointed to the state's Congress by Idaho Governor Republican Brad Little. Do I have to keep saying Republican, Joel? Yes, (laughs) you do. Because they're all fucking Republicans. It always is, man. It always is. And it's that thing of, like, you know, being this pro-family, like, you know, this sort of ridiculous dogmatic ideologue who's always going to have something weird going on. We've got the church and what happened there when they were all, you know, staunchly anti-homosexual, staunchly anti-sex and systematically raping children. Always, yeah, always the ones you suspect least. But Always the ones who deny it the loudest. They should actually be the ones that you suspect most, yeah. Exactly. It's ridiculous. On June 3, 2020, Von Ellinger was appointed to the Congress by Idaho Governor Brad Little when a seat was left vacant after the death of an elected representative named Thyra Stevenson. Uh, Little is an outspoken homophobe and opposed yep. to LGBT rights. Of course. Go. In yep. March 2020, Little signed laws, one that bans transgender people who identify as female from playing on athletic teams that don't align with their sex at birth, and another which bans transgender people from changing their gender mark on their birth certificate. He's pro-gun, anti-abortion, and vehemently anti-marijuana. But these sort of things, they have nothing to do with this guy. It's not your... It's like, what's wrong with a person changing their gender mark on their birth certificate other than just engaging in fucking culture wars? It is. It's a, it's a culture war. And, and, and the thing that, you know, the, the, the take-home message for me is this is not necessarily a discussion about Olympians. This is a discussion about 13 and 14-year-old kids and whether they engage in sport or not. It's, it's just... That, that's what it comes to. It's not a big deal. These are tiny little leagues. These aren't, it's just, it's not a big deal. Pro-gun, I get it. Guns are fun. Anti-abortion, you're religious, fair game. Anti-marijuana, you could relax, but it does make people kind of useless. No offense, present company. And gender marks, I just don't get it. Yeah. Well, even the anti-marijuana, I mean, a lot of the conservatives are pro-marijuana, but he- yeah. Mr. Governor Little is not. Jesus. Uh, so he's appointed Ellinger on a- what we would call a casual vacancy uh, jail in this country. And uh, almost as soon as Van Ellinger arrived in Boise, uh, he became a source of concern for women who worked in the State Congress. Complaints were made to Idaho Speaker of the House, Scott Bedke, and House Majority Caucus Chair Rep, Megan Blanksma. They pulled Von Ellinger aside and suggested he stop harassing women and asking them out on dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaker Blanksma said Von Ellinger was defensive when he came upstairs, 
And uh, he said, I don't know that he appreciated the effort or the spirit in which the suggestion was made. Mm -hmm. So she sort of offered him some advice and he's ignored it. And she did decided that was the end of the matter. Yeah. And nothing further was done. And Von Ellinger went on to rape the 19-year-old intern who was known only as Jane Doe. And when the woman, Jane Doe, came forward to report Von Ellinger to police in April 2021, the congressman took off to Central America which is very strange. He was away for four months, and when he got back, he said it was a scheduled holiday. Oh, yeah, it's the mark of an innocent person to flee when shit goes bad, right? <laughs> I'm just having a four-month holiday. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm just going a four-month holiday. I think they call <laughs> waiting for the heat to die down in the movies. Scheduled holiday. Yeah. And, of course, he'd only been in the Congress for less than a year, I mean, when he, when he took off. Yeah, and yeah. he was he was quite spectacularly arrested at Atlanta International Airport in September Good. 2021. Uh, in between the allegations being made and the trial, the victim had her identity exposed by another member of the state's Congress, Congresswoman Priscilla Giddings, a Republican from the small town of White Bird. Ugh. Giddings exposed Doe's identity on social media and in an email to constituents. Oh my God. With right wing blogs subsequently posting Doe's name and photo online. Why would wow. you do that? That's just wow. so shit. It's just so shit. And imagine the pressure she was under, the victim oh, was under, oh, Jane Doe, known as, only as Jane Doe, because when it came time to give evidence, She'd barely taken the oath when she fled from the courtroom and did not return. She's actually jumped up out of the out of the witness box and run away. Yeah, fuck that. That's and fair. The, the judge ordered that her evidence be stricken from the record and the jurors' minds as she had not been subject to cross-examination, which is fair, but uh, commentators ventured at that point that Von Ellinger would be acquitted. It's unrealistic. You can't scrub that from your mind. It's hilarious the way they try and do that. Oh, forget that ever happened. Yeah, you have to scrub this from your mind. That's such and, bullshit. And, but it, it, given given that she was not subject to cross-examination, the view was that the congressman would be acquitted, but it Ooh. didn't turn out that way. No. On the basis of physical evidence and on notes Von Ellinger had sent to Ms Doe after the rape, expressing remorse for his behaviour, including one where he wrote, I feel really bad that you're annoyed with me. Oh. Thankfully, the jury convicted him. Fuck you. I hope he gets a long sentence. Anyone yeah. who says, I feel really bad that you're annoyed with me, in any situation, even if it's just like not doing the dishes, that is such a shitty thing to say because it is not an apology. But when yeah. you rape someone, to say that is just, just disgusting. That guy's a Fucking sociopath. Yeah, look, it'll be look under our own system. He's probably looking at a sentence of under five years. I don't know how you feel about that, Joel. I don't think it's quite long enough. No, uh, and and certainly for a person in the position of power as he was, I would yeah. think the sentence needs to be longer. Absolutely. I'm not sure what the state of Idaho does uh, have down for its rape. It's all. It probably even leads to sort of capital punishment. But Jeez. Um, yeah, he, he he's going to be looking at a fair stretch and deserves every day of it. Yeah. See you in hell, fuckhead. And today's conditional release program is proudly brought to you by nothing. Oh, we've been a bit slack, quite frankly, and haven't sold the ad space yet. Arguably <laughs> the most sought-after slot in advertising in Australia, and it's available to you listeners for a surprisingly expensive fee. 
Listeners, got a product you want to move? No questions asked? Maybe you've knocked up a charity without going through all that bureaucratic <laughs> nonsense of registering it. Or you want to flog your ugly politics, stripping and conspiracy theories to the world and beyond without being bothered by pointless concepts like truth in advertising. We're also open to crypto scams, just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the Conditional Release Program, we're here to help. Drop us a line and we'll knock some copy out and get the great Alan Jones to read it live on air. Cash for comment? You better believe it, listeners. And it's not a small amount of cash either, just quietly. Alan is sitting around in our studios waiting to hear from you. To be honest, he's had quite a lot of time in his hands since he got the arse from Sky News for saying the pandemic was fake and hydroxychloroquine was a cure for COVID, cancer and male pattern baldness. (laughs) At the conditional release program, Jonesy won't be bothering with standard. Fuck no. He's got his own standards and if they aren't good enough, he'll pinch some that are. Yeah. So if you've got something you want to sell, why not let a delusional old age disc jockey people are sick and tired of listening to with a proven record of cash for comment to get behind your company? Eleven coach your kids' junior rugby league team for free. <laughs> they'll be shit at that game. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. But at the end of the season, they'll be quoting Shakespeare and Winston Churchill and wearing matching ties and hankies. Oh, God. So get around it, <laughs> listeners. It's money in the bank. Ours, not yours. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. And if you're successful in today's which Black Bill Fuckwit said that, Joel, you'll receive Alan Jones' prostate gland in a jar. He's not using it anymore, but he will come over to give you a massage, mutter Churchillian quotes in your ear, and offer you a blowjob, provided you get a few more tats and rough yourself up a bit. Dread to think what the joke behind that is. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of rough trade, mate. And in today's which Black Bill Fuckwit said that, we will be using as our source some of the 2,319 text messages that former President Donald Trump's White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows, sent and or received between Election Day 2020 and President Joe Biden's January 2021 inauguration. And the text messages were ordered as evidence by the House Committee investigating the violence unleashed on the Capitol building on January 6th and was leaked to CNN. It is a bounty of deception, ugliness and Trump genuflecting from a group of people who could not accept President had been defeated. Yep. That sounds about right. This is text one, and it was sent to Mark Meadows. In fact, none of these quotes you can safely say were were, were from Meadows himself. But this is a text sent to Meadows, and the quote is, In our private chat with only members, several are saying the only way to save our republic is for Trump to call for martial law. Oh, yeah. What could possibly go wrong? And I just want to spell that out for you, Joel. Martial is spelt on this text M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L rather than proper spelling M-A-R-T-I-A-L. So, yes, someone who can't spell very well. What's that? Headline speaker at the recent Together for Truth Republican seminar, although he probably lied all the way through it, Texas Senator Ted Cruz. They always say truth and they always lie through their teeth. Together for truth. Together for truth. Or was it anti-abortion advocate? Just wait until he gets his own functioning uterus, then he'll show you. Ohio Republican (laughs) Rep Jim Jordan. 
Or was it domestic violence survivor, mainly because she was the perpetrator, Georgia Congresswoman Ooh. Marjorie Taylor Greene? Or yeah. was it not a pedophile, more a pederast, Matt Gatesy Gates? Yeah, pederast is a, is a term that should be used a lot more because it really does describe the situation. But, hey, let's not get semantics here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's total pedantry. That's the way he'd like us to think about it. I'm going to go with the wild card of Jim Jordan. Oh, no. Oh, I just thought, just that spelling, that spelling needed to drag you towards Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, bless her heart. Who thinks Marshall, M-A-R-T-I-A-L, Marshall Law, is spelt with a capital M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, like it's someone's name. Not even good at being a lunatic. She's just not even good at being like a fringe (laughs) lunatic. Really, really stupid. So that was text one. Text two, also sent to Mark Meadows. If this doesn't end the way we want, you, me, and Jay are doing three things together. One, directing legal strategies versus Biden. Two, North Carolina real estate. Three, other business I talked to Rudy. Thanks for helping him. Can I just add four to that? Uh, Going to jail. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Yes. I'm not quite sure who Jay is. I went looking for it. Don't know who Jay is. Mm. What you, me, and Jay are doing. Jay Leno? I don't know. Jay Leno, I'm thinking Jay Leno too. Yeah. Uh, And uh, we're going to direct legal strategies versus Biden, whacking a a bit of dough on North Carolina real estate and some other business. I talked to Rudy. Thanks for helping him. Definitely trafficking kids. Just saying. Oh, was that? A man who read passages from Mein Kampf into the public record. Only taking out the bits he thought sounded a bit fruity. Alabama Republican Congressman Mo Brooks. Oh, God. Or was it a man with his tongue stuck so far up Donald Trump's ass, he's lapping away at his liver and mm, it tastes <laughs> just like fried chicken? Sean Hannity. He's still alive? <laughs> or was it? This pillow is soft and with all the cracked I smoked, I can't get to sleep. <laughs> My pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. Just take a zanny, mate. Or was it just checking out some of the porn at the bookstore next to Four Seasons Landscaping before the media arrives? Rudy Giuliani. Well, it's not going to be Rudy because it said, you know, other business I yeah, talk to Rudy. Well spotted. So well spotted. I like that. Um, I reckon it's going to be this Mo Brooks character. Oh, what? Sean Hannity. So Sean really? Hannity, who's got a show on Fox News, is basically, you know, there were literally hundreds of texts between Hannity and Meadows uh, where they were all basically, you know, all so pilled on, on electoral fraud, you just wouldn't believe it. Amazing. Hannity sort of had to scuttle off. I mean, he's still got his show and so forth, but he's deeply wounded by this. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. I haven't heard from him in ages. I thought his show had ended. So it doesn't look like Alan Jones' prostate gland is coming your way, Joel, which must be oh. terribly disappointing for you. I was going to wear it as a necklace. Beautiful jar too, beautiful jar. Yeah, real, a real shame. Real, real, be a real talking piece. On the mantelpiece. Yes, it would. Never mind, never mind. But we will carry on with text three, quote three. And this is a text sent to Hope Hicks, who's uh, Trump's uh, PR woman. Jared Kushner, no, is the uh, son-in-law of the Donster. Uh, Mark Meadows, as mentioned before. Jason Miller, who uh, was the sort of director of of Trump Communications, uh, Dan Scavino, who's the Deputy Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows was the Chief of Staff, and Bill Stepien, who was the 2020 Campaign Manager. And the, the text went, you are all, in caps, warriors of epic proportions. Keep the faith and the fight. 
and was that past the Adderall and my peening pads, 45th POTUS, the Donald, his badass self. Yeah. Was that catastrophically stupid, covered in eczema sores, but he's a good-looking boy since the cosmetic surgery, Eric Trump? <laughs> or was it more welcome in the White House now than he was when his old man was president, <laughs> Donald Trump Jr.? <laughs> or was it the only Trump who has testified at the January 6th House inquiry? Is she going to grass up the old man, Ivanka Trump? Oh, it's got to be the man himself, the Donald Oh, oh no, you can't. <laughs> You're sick for three today. That was actually Ivanka. Uh, really? Ivanka, yeah. Imagine, imagine CCing your husband on text messages. <laughs> and that's what she's done there with that one. Uh, you were all warriors. This one was sent uh, the day after the election results had become known, and all of those people were agitating for or following Trump's lead into into this sort of morass of, of electoral fraud claims and, and so forth. There was quite a lot of plotting. And you can read all of these <laughs> text messages, all 3,219 of them, I think there are, uh, 2,319 of them on the CNN website. You can so there's some scrolling through there, some absolute doom posting or doom texting from some very, some, from some very, uh, very important people who are in a lot of trouble. Yes. Now, we asked listeners to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits. We want your input, listeners, if you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. We'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tatter if you make our lives easier and send Jack a quote we can use on the show. But we remind listeners, it's very important to note this, the conditional release program stubby holder is the only stubby holder that's clinically proven to keep drinks cold. The conditional release program stubby holder is currently rated the world's most sought after drinking accessory. Clinically proven listeners. Now, we asked listeners to drop us a line if they want to contribute to which Black Bill Fuck what said that. Mark to the attention of Jack at our email address. You've got to hide the quote, hide bury it, it, bury it, and send it to, to me. Attention, Jack, at the condition release program at gmail.com. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor. And you go to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Tragic news this week, listeners, with the revelation that godfather of the Sovsit free man on the land movement, Wayne Glue, has gone to the great van down by the river in the sky. Oh, foul hand of fate. What devilry is this? What God would allow the great man to leave us at this difficult time? Dead. Fucked. Indurred. Pushing up daisies in WA's wheat belt. Deceased. No more. Over 100 kilograms of organic fertiliser after you pluck the bones out. <laughs> a life extinguished, gone too soon, etc. Or has he? Mm. Listeners, news of the great man's demise may yet prove exaggerated. In the course of our internet rummaging, we came across a simple meme that read Wayne Glue, RIP 1948-2022. No! 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 <laughs> Oh, no, the snapping turtle has snapped his last finger, we thought. But maybe not, because the unhappy news that the turtle who is facing charges of conspiracy to commit indictable offence to wit deprivation of liberty was met with a strong, badly spelled rebuttal from his wife, Juliana, on Facey. This sick people who have (laughs) caused distress to so many of my husband's children and grandchildren, family and friends, making a false story about my husband that he has passed away. Nothing but hashtag liars 
and hashtag fraud. Ooh, that's nasty. This people should be locked up <laughs> and banned off Facebook or any other social media for their criminal activity. My husband is live and well. Hooray! Lord Jesus, forgive them all for they do not know what they're doing. Our Jesus said, mm. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give peace unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. <laughs> I think you meant to read, but rather give pecase unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. How can you misspell by? Bible phrases. You, it is pretty you tricky. You can't paste them. It is pretty tricky. But there's more. She goes on to another quote, which is, Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. <laughs> so whatever you do or say, we forgive you all. And I must say just one note, which is that I don't want to be mocking Juliana too much. English is a second language, but it is funny and I have to go with it. And also, the guy that posted this was a Wayne Glue fan. His Facebook page <laughs> is full of Wayne Glue dick sucking. And like the idea that some like, you know, nasty Antifa troll did this. No, it was one of your no. fans. But you dance with crazy and you end up getting fucking spun around by lunatics. This is your doing. Juliana's going to forgive us and we forgive her for her bad spelling. It's not her fault. Point is, we're forgiven no matter what we do or say if we listen to Juliana and the Bible. Thank you, oh, Juliana. Yeah. Thank you, Turtle. But we can't let it end there. Given the Turtle's many legal challenges over the years, surely Wayne Glue needs to go to the High Court and have the full bench determine if he's dead or not. Only way to do it. I think it's the only way. Only way. He could wear his brand new common law sheriff polo <laughs> just in case there's any doubt, you know, just to add weight, add weight to that evidence. Yep. The real constitution, not the fake one, the one you can buy from the Gloucester for a couple of hunchy post and handling extra clearly states Wayne Glue will live forever in his yep. van down by the river. Oh, yeah. The only problem is Wayne has sued people and companies more than 20 times and hasn't won once. Aww. Will the High Court find Wayne of the family Glue dead and legally remove the semicolons after his name? Only time will tell. Yeah. Meanwhile, the scoreboard continues to read Wayne Glue zero, the man 22. <laughs> oh, fuck. But Wayne does have a nice new polo shirt. Oh, it looks great. Since its inception as an anti-lockdown movement and through its evolution into this anti-vaccine, anti-mandate, sovsit, anti-everything movement. Anti-everything. The one thing that has kept this umbrella group of deluded conspiracy theorists going is the donations. Yeah. Now, Lucky Lance, Australia's most prolific anti-scamming activist, basically makes a full-time job of watching these people and calling out their bullshit. And there's a lot of them. So oh, it's yeah. a lot of work. They constantly have their hand out with these wild claims as to why you should give them money. But the issue with these wild claims it's not that they're wild, it's that they're never based in truth. <laughs> Look, as a podcast with a Patreon, we asked for donations. Yes, we, we did that at the front of the show. We were begging. Guilty. Sure, we give a few bonus episodes here and there, but we are honest about it, you know. We say, look, please, you know, pay us for our time, a little bit of money it for our time. will help. Alex Jones will sit on air and bloviate about how if people don't donate to Infowars, they will be forced to shut down and go off air. And, of course, if that happens, you and everyone you know will die oh, yeah. probably really soon. And there's the problem, you see. Not asking for donations, that's not inherently bad. Even right-wing conspiracy theorists need to pay rent. But instead of just asking for a bit of help, 
they lie. Through their teeth. Monica Smith pulled off a huge porky huge. when she raised around $300,000 in legal fees that she didn't spend while on remand, by her own choice, uh-huh. at the Dame Phyllis Frost Centre in Melbourne. Morgan pushed the Nelson Mandela line, the long road to freedom line, uh. and the news of her being a political prisoner even made its way across the pond to the US and other disinformation hubs. Of course, she was lying. She refused very reasonable bail conditions to simply throw up a fundraiser to pay for legal work, which was, as later revealed, by her father <laughs> being performed yeah, for free. I think she paid for a barrister for a day or so. Like it was that. not $300,000, that's for sure. Not even close. And that's just one of a million examples of this dishonest grifting in the freedom movement. But recently, there's been some rather funny examples of this and even with some consequences which is a very rare outcome for people in this movement who have been funneling money for years now and getting away with it even like without as much as like a love letter from the ATO or any kind of warnings just nothing happens to these people ever so let's start with the Dave O'Neags adventure into his involvement in the Lismore Floods effort to help people who have admittedly lost everything in the recent devastating weather events it's a natural disaster it's awful see the quiet part behind all this is the ongoing claim that the Lismore floods were actually caused by cloud seeding, a theory which has gone to the point where these people are now doxing pilots <laughs> at a local aviation company and accusing them of being behind the weather event. Imagine just getting random death threats from cookers saying, Yo, you caused the floods, and you're like, I. I don't know how this works. Please stop seeding clouds. They're like, what is cloud seeding? They had to Google it. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Look, on the back of a disappointing response from emergency services involving a classic ScoMo stroll out to assist those in need, locals took it upon themselves to help with rescue efforts. This was used to launch a ridiculous narrative about how the SES, the State Emergency Service in New South Wales, only allows vaccinated people to do rescue work, and that was the reason why numbers were thin on the ground and locals had to take it upon themselves. Tom Tanneke explains this well in a video he made. Where were you? 2022 floods and the government? Worth a look. That's yeah. what it's called. It's a great video and essentially, like, going into detail, there's all sorts of political appointments and stuff involved. It's very murky, so watch the video if you've got any interest in it at all because it really does lay out the roadmap of why the response was so shit and why Dave O'Neill's and his claims are all complete bullshit. Mm. I mean, in all this, Dave borrowed Pete Evans' jet ski, which is the headline of his story, <laughs> and started helping people out. And how do we know this? Well, he made fucking sure to document the entire thing. It became pretty clear that Dave's main motivation in helping people was to make content and fluff up his hero complex. But just like that blowhard Bono and his work with the UN, in my opinion, even if it's all about their ego, if it does help people, it's not a big deal. But of course, then people like O'Neill started asking for money. Yeah, and that's when it starts getting murky. I mean, like we saw the Aussie helping hands was being mentioned a lot around these sort of usual telegram traps, Facebook groups with these passionate emotive call to action links to donate to this cause, you know, donate to this charity, right? Scroll down mm. the bottom of their website and it all starts to make sense. Dottie, the founder of the organization, is a sovsit and runs this bullshit website called Common Law Australia with the usual 
nonsense about capital letters, Australia being a corporation, blah, blah, blah. And I'll just say as a bit of a side note and a bit of a credit through the, the article, Cam Wilson at Crikey's done great work on this topic and also a very timely article in the Sydney Morning Herald published this morning, Sunday, yes, May the 1st. That's right, yeah. And it has really ruffled some feathers, including Dave, who responded by picking apart their grammar on a Telegram <laughs> post. Just <laughs> Dave, not your strong suit, son. No, I just I feel like that's not the territory you're waiting yeah. in. Yeah, no, don't ever see you as a, as a sub editor at Nine Media. No, uh, can't see that ever happening. Happening. Don't remind your followers they're illiterate. Because this is appalling. It is appalling. Aussie Helping Hands raised over five hundred thousand dollars, and that's as far as we know. And all we have to show for it here is a few posts from Dave claiming to basically have given some of his mates five thousand bucks. I mean, this is why we're getting mainstream media attention on these on these uh, on these rorts because you know here we have people in desperate circumstances and therefore people likely to donate towards helping them yeah but they're being been established by charities that aren't charities yeah Oh, totally. And look, look, you know, when it comes down to it, we all know that Sovsits and the anti-everything movement, as we said, they love donations and they love donation scams. But taking advantage of a flood like this is a low even for their standards. Mm, yeah, look, Aussie Helping Hands didn't even bother to register as a charity or do any kind of due diligence, and it's hard to know where the money went. I mean, there's just no oversight. No. A lot of feel-good Telegram posts were put up by Dave claiming to have thrown money around to people in need, $5,000 lots, and the rumour is that the money was only going to people with shall we say, similar beliefs to the organisation? Yeah. Are you vaccinated, mate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This claim is partially backed up uh, in the uh, Sydney Morning Herald article where a local anti-5G activist claims one of her friends got $5,000 from Dave and... Aussie helping hands. Gee, I wonder if they were vaccinated, mate. I wonder if they were vaccinated, yeah. Joe. What do you reckon? They're clearly just giving money to each other. I mean, like, come on, man. Like, I mean, and that's the thing. It's the thing here is like, you know, it's not that they're advertising saying, give money to anti-vaxxers. They're saying, give money to Lismore flood victims. And you can't say that when that's not the case. Like, they put this sales pitch up to donate because basically they're saying that registered charities can't be trusted and no. they're all corrupt. These are the only people that you can trust to deliver results with without spending all the money on admin fees. And, like, the irony here is not lost on anyone outside the cult, though, because, of course, they're grifting this thing dry. Giving money to your mates is not how charities work. You'd know that if you were a charity. Yes, and, of course, registered charities are required to provide financial records to an oversight body. That's right. And, and that oversight body then goes on to assess those costs. They'll look at cost of administration. And and we see this every year that, uh, that, the, that the charity's oversight body basically publishes a, a a list of all of the registered charity and charities and how much they spend in admin and you'll find that sometimes they get up to 70 75 percent in registration really high, yeah yeah some of them are really un, you know unnecessarily high while others uh like uh, red cross for example around about 15 to 20 percent smith family the very floods. very good Red Cross was apparently, or bushfires, maybe it was about 4%. But in, in the case of Dave O'Neags and Aussie Helping Hands, we, there is no oversight. Just there is own. simply, and then you go, well, you know, oh, it's, I've got to buy a bit of petrol for the jet ski, uh, and then I've got to do this, and then I've got to do that, and, uh, you know, gee, I need a packet of packet of durries and, and all of us, you know, you, you basically don't know how much money that has been given has no. actually been uh, been given to people in need. Not at all. And even Dave even admitted 
to himself saying that they had never handled this much money before and it was intimidating <laughs> for him. And that's a nice bit of honesty, but the dishonesty comes when you're collaborating with people who are very questionable with their intentions and taking a lot of money and not showing receipts. Yep. So fuck that. And like, to top that off also, Dave Ernique started taking donations into his own account. His own bank account. That's right. Yeah. That's not good. But this, of course, led no. to him. This is a bit of a topic on uh, on the scene that his bank accounts were frozen by fair trading. Mm. Uh, he's being investigated for charity fraud, it seems. Um, and this, of course, is just a big conspiracy trying to yeah. keep him down. You know, the red charities trying to keep him down, blah, blah, blah. He even went as far, and this is very funny to see. I might even put a link in the shitposting group. He made a little video compilation to send the investigators with a bunch of these photos and videos little video clips of his heroic efforts to the tune of true colors by casey chambers that's the one one. and like in the video i'm not fucking kidding he includes pictures of contrails in the air which of course are chemtrails to him of course he would like imagine the investigators being there being like okay so you're trying to win me over with this video This is what you're trying to fucking like convince me you're not a scammer with your fucking chemtrail bullshit. And then he posts a bunch of dribble alongside the video. And here is a quote that I'm going to make you read out because it sucks. Must I? All right. Yes, you must. The best feeling is knowing you have done nothing wrong and have nothing to hide, dot, 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 no matter what angle they try to take. Well, the investigation will reveal that. We came only to help. And help we did. Yeah, sure. They can freeze our accounts all they like. And they did. But they will never <laughs> freeze the true Aussie's parent of mateship in a fair go. Oh, fuck off. To all the investigators, this Anzac Day, God, they just cannot they love stop. It. They just love they it. They cannot stop raising the specter of Anzac Day. Fuck. To all the investigators this Anzac Day, rather than investigate Aussies, who would fight and die for their fellows. Well, not quite, Dave. No. Why not look inside first? Investigate your own hearts, your own motives. Ask yourselves, would your ancestors be proud of your service? to your country. Dave, I'm just going to interrupt you here. I'm sorry. Uh, you're not actually charging the beach of Gallipoli. You're committing charity fraud. Just <laughs> the difference. Yeah, small difference. difference. Like, would your ancestors be proud of you? Oh, hey, great-grandpa, I'm committing charity fraud, but, I mean, I'm kind of helping out still, but I am getting a pack of durries on the side and I'm kind of leaving the paperwork to Jesus. <laughs> no, Dave. No. So, sure, look, you borrowed Pete Evans' jet ski, you helped a few people, and I think nobody should contest that. I've seen the footage. He's not shy about it. You were slightly helpful at times. Even if you made sure to capture every moment to put on Telegram to feed your hero complex, I will pay this to you. You would have helped a few people out. But charity's fraud and being a useful volunteer are two very fucking different things. I really, Mm. really like this little bit of clarity here from the admin of the 2022 Official Convoy to Canberra Telegram group. This was a very beautiful moment. He said, FYI, those who are having their bank accounts frozen are those who are guilty of charity fraud. Oh, Dave. Yeah. And then goes on to say, my bank account is good. <laughs> I just like the fact that this is like one of those camera scammers who's there just like, you know, going, oh, look, you know, like look pretty bad, but like I'm, I'm fine. So that I'm was fine. from Soz149, who is going to be a, a, a big part of this podcast soon. 
Always yes, has been. indeed. Looking forward um, to that. But I just find it very funny. I mean, calling other people scammers while you're clearly scamming donations yourself is that classic freedom cultist move, is that infighting of like, don't look at me, look at him. Yeah, He's I can mad. Use my, I can still go down the ATM and get some money out. That, that's innocence <laughs> to me. Innocence until proven unable to access my until, funds. Until accounts frozen. Yeah, mm. that's exactly It's the bench. And after recording, I just had to add this in because it turns out the move by Guru and Bozy to claim their bank accounts were frozen and therefore obviously someone needs to send them money immediately has absolutely backfired as people within that Canberra crew and quite possibly those that actually stole all the donations have claimed that Bozy and Guru had their bank accounts frozen because they stole over $100,000 in donations. That is hilarious. I mean, I'm assuming that the claim they're making is simply an opportunistic move to look more important than they are, more persecuted than they really are, and ask for more money. The likelihood of their bank accounts being actually frozen is tiny. Now, I'm not saying that money comes out of the ATM when they go to it. Shit, old Ricardo is famously on a diet of fucking rice and onions. But whether it's true or not, now they are getting pinned with the stolen camera donations, and that is an incredible backfire. So once Dave's bank accounts were frozen, including the one he used for his little sobsit t-shirt business, all rights reserved, he was. this is after posting his bank details on social media, claiming to be accepting donations for the flood effort. Very, very blanket statement. His own bank account. His own yeah. bank account. His, own his bank personal account. Bank, bank account details. That's Jesus naughty. Gross. So Vexatious Litigan on Twitter used to be exposing NB. Uh, you probably know him. Yeah, it does great work. Even dug up a video from Meryl Dory, the godmother of the Australian anti-vax movement, asking people to just throw money into his t-shirt business account under the guise of charity. But then Meryl, and the video is astounding, she goes on to make all these unsubstantiated claims of all the things that will be done with the money. You know, the usual stuff charities do, all the supplies, all the rescue, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. This is stuff that Day loves to talk about, but you can't talk about that. That's naughty. You can't talk about that because you're not doing it. You're just saying stuff and then yeah. saying, give us money to do stuff that you're not going to do. You need to stop it because it's naughty. But with this sort of doomsday narrative established of these frozen bank accounts and the cabal, blah, blah, government, blah, 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 conspiracy sheep flock to send him money by other means. They're scrambling to give him cash. And as with any cooker scam that goes well, we have no idea what the figures are on this. It's completely opaque. But judging by the enthusiasm on the Telegram group, to just throw money at him randomly, it's got to be in the thousands. Oh, at the very least. It's a very well. least. I would think certainly we're talking six figures. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, since this scam works so well, others have got on board. Mixing a victim complex with a government persecution narrative and a call to action for more money in the form of donations was just too good an too opportunity good. to let slip. Yeah. And Dave, Guru, Graham and Ricardo, Bozzy, Ricky Bozzy, have also claimed their bank accounts were frozen by the government in a video on Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, after Guru hocked and coughed and spit phlegm <laughs> for about 30 seconds, he claimed in the video that his bank accounts were frozen and that God will take care of him one way or another, which absolutely means send me money. Please, I please mean, send me money. Just come on, guys. Don't lie. Don't pocket your begging and fundy God bullshit. Like, just don't lie to me. Anyway, he then predictably tells people to draw their money from the banks in the form of cash because if they're coming for him, well, they're going to be coming for you next. <laughs> I mean... It'd be scary stuff if any of it was true, but it's yeah, not. It's just not. It's not true. Then, then Ricky Bozzi goes on to tell us that they are giving up on Canberra, which is yeah, quite a turn from the five million. Is. Well, the five million, but we just get five million people. It's all done. But uh, and if we lose, you know, 
we die. We die. Uh, uh, Pretty strong narrative. He's just sort of walked away from all of that. <laughs> While he establishes an end-of-day scenario around the coming election, there's definitely something coming next. Oh, yeah. And this will be covered in the upcoming podcast offshoot from our crack researchers, Sandy and Sauce, coming up soon. Yep. Yeah, that was just a plug for yet another TCRP offshoot podcast. There's We're just so many of them, Joel. It's basically a, a fucking podcast network now. Just an enormous stable of TCRP podcasts coming out. But they are good. We're going to find out a little bit more about Ricky Buzzy uh, and what he's planning uh, to do at the moment. Uh, yes, but, we will. Yeah, he's walked away from the, you know, if we don't we do not do this absolutely today, everything's over and there's just no point fighting anymore. That's right. But we're going to come back and we're going to say that again randomly and hope you forgot the last time I said it. They're fucking so predictable <laughs> like that. So while Dave and Aussie Hamley Hands have got all the attention for their recent hijinks, there's plenty of other scamming going on. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. Graham Hoodie Hood the Qantas pilot with a questionable internet history and a questionable end to his employment as a pilot has been putting his hand out for money for ages under yep. his hoodies helpers brand of vague charity work, which primarily takes, and I was surprised by this, the form of an alternative lifeline service to provide mental health counselling. This is outrageously I dangerous. I did you know, not it is know what hoodies helpers just were. do not go anywhere near these people will do great harm. Great it's harm. really, really bad. I mean, like, it's not exactly a secret that people in the freedom movement, often vulnerable people yep. who may be suffering from some form of mental illness, or even then they're just overwhelmed. I mean, leaders in the movement often exploit these sort of traits, these sort of triggers like mania and paranoia in their messaging, which then resonate strongly with people who are either struggling with these sort of various diagnosable mental health issues like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder or simply people who are just having a really hard time and the idea of uncertainty is too stressful and this line of certainty gives them the strength to keep going. Yeah, and they also basically appropriated suicides around Australia too. Oh, I mean, it's, you know, they, they, they just started using that as some sort of statistical base, often often, and, and more, um, always wrong. It was always way. wrong. They were almost disappointed when the stats came out and it contradicted their bullshit claims. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's just not as bad as we thought. Oh, but, I wish someone yeah, more killed So they've been appropriating mental health and, 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 and suicide ideations and, and, and really profound problems among people. And now, you know, it's just reached a very dangerous point where they're actually saying, well, don't go to accredited mental health uh, counselling services. Come to us. It's really not good. It's really not good. And like, looking at this, now we have these hoodies helpers guys. They're here to make sure that these people actually don't get the care they need. And now they're being encouraged to, say, continue being terrified of clouds mm. or mandates that no longer exist. And this ever-growing list of invisible boogeymen that are trying to kill them. World Economic Forum. I didn't know about that until today. I'm really glad I called this anti-anxiety yeah. line so I could learn about why I'm going to die tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck's sake. I know. It's just they can't stop grifting and they're addicted to it. They are. They are. And they've got their own parallel universes they have to play out in every single fucking social service. It's disgraceful. So I must put this caveat in. Hoodie did do his due diligence on the website and posted links to Beyond Blue and Lifeline and the phone numbers before the maker booking link on his website. They yeah. were in bold. They were, like, they were prominent. But if he truly believed... The people should be using those actually legitimate services, then why is he doing this at all? Exactly. And with that caveat aside, I cannot emphasise this enough. A pilled mental health hotline is not a good idea, and yet here we are. Hoodie also has Hoodie's Heroes, which make vague claims of helping with flood efforts too, since he didn't raise 500k in the name of funneling money to pilled people under the guise of charity. He seems to have flown under the radar. Yeah, under the radar. <laughs> Flow under the radar. Yeah, there you go. He used to fly under the radar a bit until, <laughs> until I made him stop flying planes. Hey, hey, Woody. He flew under the radar. Stop, stop, stop going to porn, too. mate. There's Tom Tarnagy. <laughs> 
uh, tweeted his uh, fundraiser titled Help Hoodie Help Others has no actual call to action at all. It simply states... And this is the quote from the fundraiser. It is an opportunity to give back. Give Grant back? and Michelle... Who are, we give, who are we giving back to? You know, yeah, okay. the guy who's grifting constantly. Graham and Michelle continue to give so much and rarely ask for anything in return. Oh. <laughs> Fuck off. If you are able to donate a small amount to help Hoodie and Michelle to continue to operate and bless others, then please give from your heart as they do. Mm. And look, the irony of this statement is strong because obviously a grifter. Anyway, but we won't dwell on that. What we will, however, look at is the fact that this raised $59,233 for literally no objective. 60 grand just to just to give them a bit of spending. For no uh, reason. Yeah, have a because- holiday, mate. Because they've given from the heart. Oh, it's absolutely fucking disgraceful. Yeah, there's no actual cause, you know. While his heroes are apparently fixing Lismore and his under-construction lifeline alternative, now called selfless helpers instead of hoodie selfers, is making sure that vulnerable people don't get actual help from qualified people. And this is the really bad thing. This is just for him and his wife to buy a new lawnmower and a fishing rod. I've been driving around Western Australia. I've been driving across from Queensland to Western Australia. And they've always got their hands out, you know. Please, please, yep. please give, you know. Yeah. So they can go on continuing the, you know, living this sort of, you know, sort of uh, grey nomad lifestyle. That's the one. Evangelical group. Really good. But really top pile hotels, you know. The Ugh. best caravan parks. I mean, look, I just have to say, get fucked, man. Yeah, this get dude fucked, is Woody. A huge scammer. You're a did he get- fucking con artist. <laughs> a huge question is, did he get fired from Qantas? I want fucking answers. Still don't know. Still did he get fired from Qantas for refusing the jab? I mean, you asked, you asked, Qantas, they didn't respond, right? They didn't respond. They didn't respond. So I'm going to say probably not. And I'm saying probably not because defamation. But did he take advantage of the generous redundancy package offered to pilots at the time? I think it was three times and the guy had been flying for like 25 years. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars in redundancy. And I'm just going to go on a limb and say he probably did. And he's he, in the words of Lucky Lands, a scamming low-life dog? I'm going to say mm-hmm. yes. I'm going to say yes, he is. Yeah, he's wealthy. This guy's already got money. And if he hasn't got money, he's an idiot who spent it all. His own story goes to he, he, he became addicted to print pornography, magazines and what Ah, oh, that's so very was, expensive. He was a big private collector. I think he would have been <laughs> a big private collector. Maybe he saw some of the issues that you had something to do with. He, 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 no, not so much. No, no, I was never into that hardcore stuff. He'd like anal, though. He'd, he'd be a big anal fan. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. He'd, he'd oh, love yeah. anal. Oh, yeah. Anyway, another honourable mention. Another <laughs> honourable mention here goes to El Salzone, a consummate grifter who has used her facial paralysis to claim she is vaccine injured, despite having publicly used a shit ton of Botox. You know, it's got a bit of vaccine, right? Oh, yeah, I'm oh, sticking yeah. needles, for great needles into my face to push basically what is botulism into my into my subcutaneous bonds. No, it's it's. But it's, really, it's got it's a bit of vaccine. So it's, it's, vaccine. it's so dangerous. There's no other way we can explain it. There's no can't other those, way. Yeah, just can't no. be those injectables you're getting in a backyard beauty Not the salon, Botox, right? not the yeah. filler. Hell no. sells home. What a piece of work. Got to be. So, look, either way, it's worked really well for her in the anti-vax movement. She's really paid off those injectables and then some. She's been involved in the fucking lot. Clear phones, this secure phone that's actually just a slightly <laughs> stripped down version of Android, sells for 500 bucks and she gets $50 from each sale. Wow. And you can buy the exact same phone on AliExpress for like 200 bucks. She loves to hawk those and she sold the MLM dream to her followers with fairly impressive results. I'll pay this to her. She posted a screenshot which has 116 direct MLM links on Clearphone and 3,500 indirect. That is a fucking huge pyramid, L. I mean, 
Well done, bro. But that's because she's entirely shameless, Joel. She yes, has, it is. She has no conscience. Well, yes. She has no sense of remorse. No, yeah. no, no. It's madness. And, like, the whole pyramid scheme is fucking crazy. And people did call out of uh, initially. But she just keeps going. You should see a telegram. It's littered with fucking posts about Cleophon. It's gross. So Elle made her way up to Queensland where she helped to make a few meals for people in need. And, you know, it's kind of wholesome. You know, it's nice making food. Uh, Fair uh, enough. I, I'm not, uh, like, not going to froth over that. I would say that people... People with absolutely no experience in food handling aren't the greatest candidates to be handing out supplies in a natural disaster situation. Um, But, like, look, that's stickler. I mean, I don't think anyone got sick. But still, she proudly placed her bank details at the end of her post (laughs) asking for money to make it happen. It's a standard sort of thing. This is all pretty small-time nickel and dime stuff. She's pushing the cloud seeding line alongside the stupidest documentary, Watch the Water, which I thought was really funny because we laughed at it last week. It's so fucking ridiculous. It's just Serpent bad. DNA and, the, fu- mm. and, the, and the, the cobras and shit. She calls it mind-blowing. It's not hard to blow a mind because it's tiny. But this is mind-blowing information that will save lives. But she isn't a genius, you know. So, like, what do you expect from her? So Elle has her finger in many pies over the course of this pandemic, including trying to organize singles events for anti-vaxxers, which is fine. Like I say, that's kind of fun. And maybe she makes 200 bucks from it. Like, that's just that's just the price of yeah, work. Fine. Yeah, yeah well, or, or it could be, you know, just sort of encouraging a lot of rape. But, um, <laughs> well, trusting the fucking guys at Epic, well, if they turn up. But back in Canberra, Elle posted a long and dramatic freedom, which, which includes, which concludes with, to donate to support these people, please go here. The GoFundMes have been frozen. And then in parentheses, typical. Yeah, and then guess whose bank account she posts? Yes, hers. Now, yep. I can't think of anyone down there you should trust with money anyway. They're all fucking grifters. But she really makes it sound like that bank account isn't necessarily her bank account, yeah. but an third person, official third donations account. Yeah. Leaves her name off it, and it's just not honest. She mm. doesn't say, give me money and I'll hand it out and I'll do this and I'll do that. She just says, this is a donations account. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Put money here. Yeah, so as if you can just walk, you know, even a government agency can just walk around and just freeze someone's personal bank account. It's got to be a pretty good cause for it. Fucking A. That's why when you said six figures, it really did make sense because with Dave O'Neill's and the amount of money that would have gone through those accounts for it to really, like, get flagged. Yeah. got to yeah. be big no, cash. I, I'm absolutely convinced it's in that order. Look, Jeez. anyway, L has other nameless posts with her bank details on them, but does put her name to the one where she whinges about her GoFundMe being shut down. Yeah. Yeah, you're scamming money on false pretenses. That's not as noble as you've convinced yourself it is, mate. It's really not, but it's all small-scale stuff. You know, this is the thing. If you know about Nightcap Mountain and the failed commune plan up there, you'll know that anyone calling to buy land in the freedom movement is a terrible idea. They passed around the bucket to buy a block of land at Epic and somehow they were going to do it in a day. It's fucking insane. Of course, the money vanished. (laughs) This is a fertile ground for scamming. Enter El Salzone. Who said, do you have a plan B in place for you and your family for if shit really (laughs) hits the fan? I'm talking the grid goes down or a ring of steel comes in around your area or the whole city. This is a final call for anyone looking to invest into a community land project in SA, South Australia. Now, I'm just going to do a little bit of a side panel here and say we often have to read quotes in this show and the grammar, the punctuation (laughs) and the order of these quotes are fucking awful. If anyone 
is going to get a Walkley Award for some kind of voice segment, I reckon we should be up for it because we are <laughs> no, reading drivel. You just you, – you, you come across a sentence and you just think – and you go, oh, God. And like, it comes to why is that worth it? Why and you can't it? trip up. You just have to keep reading. But, <laughs> like, it doesn't work. But do you correct them out, out of respect or do you actually read it, like, verbatim yeah, and embarrass we them? Sort of, we sort of do a little bit of both. A little bit of both. Don't, it's always but, but a little bit I both. prefer it be uncorrected and you just read and it just, for the yeah, horror show it is. As for long the contemporary as, art. As long as, yeah, as long as our listeners understand <laughs> that we are reading verbatim. Sometimes it's just so bad. If you guys get on the Patreon, the, the People's Treaty is full of this and it's so hard to read. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> The long ones are really awful. Anyway, I, I digress. I digress. Yes. So, yes, he is trying to take deposits for a land project for some kind of commune. Does she have any idea what she's doing? Probably not. Probably Will not. this stop her? Probably not. No. Her plan B project has this utopian sales pitch with absolutely no fucking substance or any kind of fundamentals. It has all abundance talk. It has all freedom talk. Freedom! But where's the actual plan? You know, like there's some no. sort of board or something. Like the one thing that runs constant here is that she needs money to do it, right? That's that's the real fucking bottom line. The, the, the idea that people would invest in, you know, a, as a group, let's say a group of, of 30 or 40 people would invest in a, in a property, let's say a four or five acre property. Yep. And, and really the size of it doesn't really matter. The fact that uh, that, that 30 people are investing in, in the capital to, to buy this piece of land makes it a legal nightmare. Yes, I it mean, does. It's just not something you would even think about doing. And, of course, while you've got, all your money going in uh, <coughs> over there to Elle. She's she's just doing whatever she likes with it. Yeah, that's exactly it. We've talked about this before, actually. I'm not sure if we've talked on the podcast or just personally. We did around But it's around a lawyer's the, picnic. Around, yeah, it is. Because the conveyances and, take all the money. And, yeah, and, and lawyers are actually saying, please don't do this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so like, when we say it's a lawyer's picnic, they go, please don't do this. This is a great way to lose your money. If you're unhappy with anything, you would have to sue the remainder of the group. It'll be like a strata organisation. A fucking yeah. nightmare. A nightmare. <laughs> Don't Absolute do it. Absolute nightmare. Please don't do it. No, no, please don't. When it comes down to it, I really hope that anyone who actually does fall for this and gives their money for a plan B has a plan C because when they sell their house and they turn up to this vacant lot in the middle of nowhere with their children and their luggage, they might find the person that owns the land isn't actually happy with the fact they just set a tent and a campfire <laughs> up and put out fucking UAP signs yeah, outside their that. fucking thing. Just they get that. funny. They get funny. Yeah, so, um, we get a bit weird about that. Yeah. I'll give another honorable mention to Raph Fernandez. Oh, who's yeah. floated this idea over some time. I can't remember what he called it. I didn't really research it because it just couldn't be bothered. He was selling rocks to idiots for chunk change, <laughs> the Shungite scam. But now he's moving on to the land scam. And look, I'll, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I don't have confidence that he's going to go through with it. I think it's either the fact that Raph actually might have some sliver of uh, conscience, conscience? Mm. which I'm not sure if L has. Uh, but yeah, also, because like he might be idealistic and then realize it's infe- unfeasible and then like stop. Yeah. Whereas I think L would realize it's not feasible and go, okay, well, but what's the penalty for me? How does this blow back on me? Whereas I think Raph is actually the kind of person who wouldn't go through with it because I don't this think he's a fundamentally bad guy. People. Yeah. yeah. I think he's yeah. a moron, but I don't think he's uh, like uh, a malignant moron. But I think we should go on to the uh, the, the final honourable mention. The final honourable mention goes to Malcolm Heffernan, who has decided yeah. that one seat is simply not enough and he would have a crack in two in the upcoming federal election. He's running for the New South Wales seat of Banks uh, under the Pauline Hanson's One Nation banner. And all the way across to Nullarbor, he's running for the West Australian seat of Brandt with the Australian Federation Party. 
Yeah. So, this is fantastic work, Joel. He, this is good fun. He, he's a man of the people. He he understands he understands the needs of people in Western Sydney and the needs of people in Perth as well. Just the he's same. A man of a lot of people. I mean, this is the thing. Like, you know, when it comes down to it, and this is what you told me on the phone the other day, but I loved it. It's not so much a scam for money, but it's a scam for ego. It's yeah, like yeah. running as a candidate is like double legitimacy if you've got two seats running. Like, oh, you're the candidate for fucking Greenway. Bro, I'm the candidate for two seats. Fuck you, bro. Yeah, look, basically, he's <laughs> so he wouldn't have had to pay his nomination fee. That would have been taken care of fees, I should say. Yes. Um, because the party uh, would he, do it. The part, the, both parties would have done that on his behalf. Uh, and so he, he he got rumbled because all the nominations uh, uh, were, were due in last week and received. And and this uh, and, and I, uh, the Australian Electoral Commission was was obliged to make a statement. And they it reads, happy. given these declarations are false, because he's made a declaration which includes the question, have you nominated for another seat or for another jurisdiction? And it's a stat deck too. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like it's it's like we talked about Carlton last week. Yeah. A, in in Western Australia and around the country, it comes to the five year jail term if you have knowingly the maximum five year jail term year. if you knowingly presented false declarations in a statutory yeah. declaration. Yeah. So the AAC statement said, given these declarations are false, and it's not it's not as like oh they're allegedly false. It's they're <laughs> no, false because they he's made false. two separate nominations. Yeah. Given these declarations are false, the AEC has now referred the matter to the Australian Federal Police for investigation as to whether a crime has been committed. Each nomination form, the AEC said, had differences in the listed information, including a different date of birth and a different expression of the candidate's name. We have notified Mr Heffernan and both registered political parties regarding this referral. Naughty, naughty. So he has, has form, naughty. he has got form running for office when he ran in the Western Australian seat of Canning at the 2019 election for Fraser Anning's Conservative National Party. I must love that. Canning for Anning. What a yeah. great jingle. Come <laughs> yeah, on, guys. Well, yeah, I don't know why they didn't run with that. Well, the, uh, but still, I mean, it, it, the fact that, he got 1,600 votes in Canning is chilling to me. It's not bad, 1.76%. I expect most of these wing nuts to get less than one. But I reckon it was the Canning for Anning thing. I mean, like, surely that's <laughs> what got him over the line. <laughs> over the 1% line, mind you. Where is Fraser Anning these days? It's America. Just- he cowered off to some, America. Somewhere, somewhere in the United States, it is believed. What a uh, fucking asshole. With his creditors chasing him. Yeah, so look, Heffernan is playing coy, claiming he had no idea he was being run in WA. I just, you know, all, yeah. of a sudden I was a, all of a sudden I was a political candidate. They told the, me it wasn't happening, but then it happened. And the birthday <laughs> discrepancy was a writing error. Yeah. A writing right. error. Yeah. But oh, the AEC, I fucked my birthday because I'm an idiot. <laughs> but the AAC alleges that not only his, his, his birthday was dodgy, but he also had a different expression of his name on the form. See? It's not really, not really panning out there. It's so ambiguous. Happening. I'm Joel Hill here, but I'm Joel. Hillian here. Like, I mean, come on, dude. <laughs> so this contravention means basically Mr. Heffernan is incapable of being elected, yep. but the candidate nominations for, for the two for, electors- for, for either seat, by the way. Well, <laughs> yeah, say. exactly. Well, well, yeah, is- uh, well, you, you got up in banks, but uh, unfortunately you didn't get up in Western Australia and Perth. So, um, uh, but you're in. But the process is done. The ballot papers have been printed. People yeah. are already receiving votes where they can vote for him. 
He's like a writing candidate at this point. It's fucking hilarious. And, and look, it's just just a quick reminder: the AEC has no, you know, no. It's not a policing body. It can only refer matters to police. It probably should have bigger powers because we do have this instance now where Heffernan is enrolled in two, in, nominated in two seats, and will appear on the ballot papers. Yeah, and so, that's crazy. So, yeah, that's if so the cops don't do anything, it's crazy. To get somewhere between that nomination process and the printing of the ballot papers, and that uh, and that involves. A policing body. It does. And the irony of like all these cookers whinging about electoral fraud, guess where the electoral fraud's coming? Same as the US with Mark Meadows <laughs> and his van down by the river. Same in Australia with your fucking lake. wacko mate. He was down by the lake. Um, yes, was he Mark was Meadows. down by the lake. Uh, but um, yeah, so it's so heaven here. You gotta admire you gotta admire his pluck though. At the same time. <laughs> He's having a crack in a couple of seats, uh, and those seats are about 4,000 4, kilometres apart, It is, is impressive. very, very funny. It's impressive, if not terrible. But we must leave scammers there because we have to move on to a man whose heart and bank balance is true. He's never let misinfo drive him from the path of peace, love, and rainbows. His name's Pete, and he's had a huge week. It has been a huge week in Pete Evans. Paleo Pete posting the usual fear porn and disinformation on his Telegram channel to make himself feel clever and terrify anyone dumb enough to take him seriously. Now, while people like Pete Evans have built their egos around spreading exciting disinformation in a desperate attempt to be more interesting and relevant than they actually are, the dark forces are seeking to silence people who spread lies for the sake of their ego and bank balances. Oh, no. No. What? Hey, we need Elon Musk to save us. So <laughs> Pete's been bitching about people calling out disinformation a lot recently, which I've highlighted recently on The Week in Pete Evans. The idea of regulating disinformation is a nightmare to people like him because unlike many others, Pete actually doesn't rely heavily on pushing disinformation to make money because he's already loaded. But he's a malignant narcissist and the feeling of spreading these truth bombs maintains this heraldly strong belief in his head that he's the smartest guy in the room and that everyone else, well, at least everyone who doesn't blindly believe his bullshit, are all sheep Mm -hmm. and he is the shepherd so the recent announcement from the Biden administration of a disinformation governance board under the department of homeland security really shakes up his chakras oh yeah but it does oh yeah the head of the branch nina yankovic has a strong resume in this field and wrote the book on it titled how to lose the information war russia fake news and the future of conflict which like it just sums up the brief and that's like that's that, right? Mm-hmm. So what will he do without a steady diet of disinformation? <laughs> I mean, read The Guardian? Nah. Sure, <laughs> Pete isn't actually impacted by this politically because he's not American. But don't tell him that. His head is so far up Tucker Carlson's ass, he's convinced himself he's as American as economic imperialism and high fructose corn syrup. Now, I will admit, a disinformation governance board does sound incredibly similar to the Orwellian Ministry of Truth. And the yeah. idea of governments deciding what disinformation is and is not has a hugely chilling effect on public discourse. They already do this without a fucking bureau, even if it's implemented well. It casts a shadow across freedom of speech in the USA and likely across the world. A fundamental part of the American identity, though, unlike other countries, is this freedom of speech. And it's one they get really shirty about when the government tries to limit it. They get a little bit second amendment when people try and fuck with the first one. So you know what, Pete? You fucking did this. 
This yeah. is your fault. He's one of them. You egomaniacs and scamming cunts decide to fluff your egos and get high on spreading lies, and on the back of it, maybe get rich from selling nonsense in the form of supplements and dreams. This is on you. Yeah. I absolutely did not see the reaction to this pandemic coming. I didn't look into my crystal ball and see you guys going fucking nuts. This group of grifters, liars, narcissists, causing chaos, dismantling society, just to become these petty emperors of dopey death cults. I, it wasn't on my bingo card. I didn't see it coming. But yeah, here we are. After disinformation campaigns have taken root across the world and created entire networks of harmful bullshit, which are effectively trying to destroy democracy as we know it, now we have the goddamn White House stepping in to get it under control. Nobody actually wants that because this is bound to be a clusterfuck. Yep, Even all their best intentions, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good for anyone. I'm not happy about this. They tried to get Zuckerberg to control disinformation on Facebook with all these fucking boomers posting bullshit. His response was piss poor. The guy's a fucking reptile. Did you see him in the Senate? Twitter, laughable. And if Elon actually buys the platform, it's only going to get fucking worse and this branch of government is going to need a lot more funding. (laughs) With disinformation creating domestic terror threats, actual domestic terror threats, and civil unrest across the USA and the Western world, obviously including here in Australia. Thank you, Pete, you fucking piece of shit. I hate to say it, this is becoming a necessary evil. Never mind the complexities of the whole state intervention, like the Russians having a huge role in spreading the titillating bullshit. The people like Pete disseminate to make themselves feel smart and special. Yes, Pete, you're a useful idiot. I've been saying that for a little while now, maybe, I don't know, 88 fucking episodes. Well, more this- idiot than useful. Yes, 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 truly. The simple reality is that we have entered a post-truth era and it needs to be reined the fuck in. And yeah, that means the freedom of speech that we should be enjoying is now about to get fucking regulated. And you know what? It's your fault, Pete. (laughs) It is your fault. You fucking did this. (laughs) You and all your Dickhead mates. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page. You can find it fairly easily. Just search for the Conditional Release Program. Promoting a podcast is, however, easier said than done. We beg every week. We hate sharing this ourselves. It's really embarrassing. But if you guys tell your friends or just your relatives or just randoms in the street, just walk up to them. Even just, better if yeah, you haven't showered. Just, just say, start, listen to the start shouting program. at them. Just start shouting at them. Tell them. Just grab their them. phones and subscribe on their behalf. Just do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll pay you. We'll pay you fines. Don't worry about it. And the Patreon is up and running. And we ask listeners to consider throwing a few dollars our way. We did this at the front. We'll do it at the end. Yeah, we're shameless. Up. We need money for as little as five dollars a month. You'll have access to all sorts of bonus content. And if you give us enough money, you get a whole bunch of other benefits, including you could watch us record the show live on our own little feed. And if we get to a thousand patrons. We promise we'll spend the money on a jet ski, not Pete Evans one, and go around filming ourselves heroically (laughs) rescuing backpackers from England on Bondi Beach. Did they ask to be rescued? No, they actually seem to be having a really like good day. But we're not going to film the bit where they tell us to fuck off. We're just going to film the bit where we grab them out of the water, breathe air yeah. into their mouths as they just, cough and splutter. Just hold on, hold on to the jet ski, and we'll get you back in. Now. I will be there for you. So join up at Patreon.com/slash The Conditional Release Program, and finally, all feedback. Tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's simply to inform us that the bond rate is actually around 9%, but that doesn't matter because banks aren't real and all the money is fake. Partially true. Thanks, listeners. I'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.